Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Rap. Hey everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here today with Andrew and Spring to talk about your questions about sex. How are you today, Spring? I'm so good. So good. She's so relaxed and chill today, and I'm so over-the-top energy, except her life is the one that's frenetic and frantic and crazy this week. Well, so is mine. But now we get to talk about sex, so what's to worry about? I don't, what could be better? Um <laughs> Have I ever told you a story about two of my previous boyfriends? Um, I mean, I don't know if this is a trick question, but why don't you just tell me the story? Okay, so we're going to call them Chuck and Robbie for the stories. The real names are Jared and Paul. Um, <laughs> I don't think so, you know how to use pseudonyms. <laughs> so Chuck and Robbie. Um, so the, the funny thing is, like, I had a nice relationship with these guys, and, and they're nice, um, but both of them were really closeted. Like, they were afraid to tell their friends, they were afraid to tell their parents. I lived with one of them for months, um, and he was afraid to tell his mom. Anyway, fast tell forward. It, tell his mom that he was gay? To tell his mom that he was gay, that he was dating a man, that he might be bisexual. Okay, okay. So he was out there doing it, but he was just in the closet. And we've talked about the closet a couple times on the show. Um, so I'm dating them. And, and I mean, it's years between them. But the funny thing is a couple years ago, uh, Robbie, Jared, uh, <laughs> contacted me through social media and asked how I was doing. And I was like, Oh, well, I totally forgot you existed. Cause this was a long time ago. So then I did a little bit of my own sleuthing. He's now married to a dog trainer. Who's a woman. Okay. So he's not he's not a gay anymore, except he reached out to me. The other one, um, I was at a party in I think it was Baltimore or D.C. Uh, with my current partner. Um, and the other one comes up to me and he says, oh, hey, how's it going? Da, 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 da. Let me introduce you to my wife. And I'm like, OK, what? That's crazy. She's a dog trainer. They're both dog trainers. Wait, nope. are they married to the same woman? Wait, nope. is this a poly relationship now? Where did we go? Where are we? So apparently, if you are a closeted gay man and you date me at some point in your life, it means that eventually you will end up married to a woman who is a professional dog trainer. Okay, so two separate women, two separate states, two separate men, two separate points in my life. So. Okay, so I mean, let's just clarify that they could both be bisexual or they could both be 
um, closeted gay men, or or they could or they could have been experimenting and uh, identify as straight. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to make assumptions about their sexual orientations or anything. Well, I can make those assumptions because I was with them. Okay, but I do the dog trainers. You're totally missing the point of the story. I do. I I don't don't turn people who are straight. I turn them into you turn them into dog dog lovers. No, not, I don't even know if they like dogs. I know that they now like people who train dogs. They have to like dogs if they're in a relationship with someone who trains dogs. Like you know, can't get might, away from dogs in that situation. It might make you hate dogs, right? Like they're always around and it's the bad ones if you're a dog trainer. It's not like my dog who's awesome, who just like cuddles and sits there and is cute. It's like a dog that's terrible. That needs Okay. Help. So... <laughs> So, what's our question today? Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> the question that came in today is, uh, like, someone asked us, why do people get upset when I say that's so gay? I'm not homophobic. So, what's the problem? Uh, that's so gay. I love this topic. I love this question. Yes. So, the question is about, like, why is this problematic? Why is it problematic to say that's so gay? And I think we have to say it in the way that it's said. You have to go, it's so gay. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Or if you're a 12 year old on Fortnite, everything and everybody is always, that's gay. You're so gay. You're gay. That's gay. Except people use some other words in there as well. What's um, Fortnite? Oh my gosh, how old are you? Fortnite? It's like the number one video game that everyone in the world is playing except for you. Oh. You run around, you shoot things, you build towers, and you call everything gay. Whenever okay. someone kills you, they're gay. Wait, whenever. We don't, I don't play video games. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, gay is used as a slur. It's used as a negative term. Um, and especially, I think what you're saying in places where people can hide. So on digital platforms, people also are used to using terms and um, bullying people and saying things that they might not even otherwise say. Right. I mean, I think it happens all the time. Um, I challenge people just to walk around in their day-to-day life. Um, anywhere you go uh, and eavesdrop a little bit. Eavesdropping is a bad habit, I know. But for this assignment, Team Sex Rap, just go out and walk around and listen to how many times you hear people say words like the F word or gay or sissy. Um, words like that come up all the time. The, by the F word here, he means fag, not not another F word. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to be careful around like words like that, because they do potentially trigger people who've been the victim of bullying. So, uh, but all of those words, I mean, it's all the same kind of thing where people say that's so, that's so gay. And, and when the, what they're usually trying to say is that's awful, that's terrible, that stinks, that's rotten, that's bad, that's worthless, you're a jerk. Stupid. That you're, yeah, that you're stupid. Um, and I do honestly believe a lot of people who use the term are not explicitly meaning that to hurt gay people, right? They might love gay people. They might have gay people in their lives. They not be, might not even be thinking about why they're using that term or why it came about. But whenever someone uses that term, it still is potentially damaging and hurtful to gay people and people who care about gay people around you. 
Right. So you actually are meaning to say that something is stupid or dumb or not okay in some way. And then you're using the word gay. So you're then making that a synonym for all of these negative things. And so when you affiliate the word gay then with all of these negative terms, that is highly problematic because that is actually changing the word gay, which is what a lot of people identify as in their lives into this term that means terrible things that no one wants to identify as. Well, I mean, if we look at the development of language over time, that's essentially how all of these negative words form. You take something, um, I mean, we can talk about discrimination that LGBTQAISSP, all of those letters we talked about in a previous episode, the kind of discrimination that they face, right? They face it from their family, from their friends, from religion, from the government, from education, from housing, from an, um, from employment Um, And most parts of the United States, you can be fired for being gay. Um, If we look at the media, there's a lot of negative portrayals of gay people. Um, If we look at the way a lot of politicians and politics currently work, often uh, gay people are used as scapegoats. They're blamed for things that have nothing to do with them. And their identity, that core piece of who you are is politics. Um, So if you ask a straight person, when did you know you were straight? They're like, what? That's a ridiculous question. I've always been straight, right? And nobody questions that core piece of your identity. And people don't say, oh, gross, that's so straight, because everyone just assumes that it's healthy and natural and normal. Being gay is also healthy, natural, and normal. But people have taken that identity and they've turned it into this overwhelmingly negative term, right? And, and gay people that get that kind of negative message, those negative messages from pretty much every part of their world, every part of their life. And so one of the interesting things is that we already started to touch on is that a lot of people, when they say that's so gay, they aren't meaning to really put down gay people in any way. And it has become part of lexicon in a way. And that's what we need to start to take back. We need to realize when these things are happening, when we're saying things that are actually very hurtful. And even if it's unintentional, we need to shift away from that. And we don't really do this for any other primary identity that people have, right? We wouldn't use a racial-based identity as a common slur in everyday language. When that happens, people get fired, they get terminated, they get banned. Um, People just don't put up with that. Um, It happens somewhat with women, a little bit with women, but not nearly as much as the idea idea of someone's sexual orientation, something gay. well, I mean, I think it happens. I think it happens a lot with <laughs> with women as well. I mean, like things like you throw like a girl or um, there are a lot of kind of references to things being uh, too feminine in a way. Um, but I, I but that's not what we're talking about. For men, right? <laughs> if things are too feminine, they're insults for men because you're calling men gay. So it all loops back to the same kind of homophobia. Um, Right. 
I mean, I mean, part of it, if we think about it, like why is being gay so bad? The worst thing a man can be is to be feminine or be like a woman. So that does tag into what you're saying. Um, if we look at what it means, the worst thing a man can be is a woman. The worst thing a man can be is a gay man because a gay man is feminine like a woman. That, that, that's kind of the, the process through language that we see there. Um, but I don't say things are that are gay unless I'm talking to a gay person and I'm reifying their identity. We talked about pride a couple episodes ago. Um, <laughs> like, yes, you're you're gay. Congratulations. I don't know. <laughs> for a long time for me, being gay has been the least interesting part of who I am. And I think that's probably I, I mean, certainly other people find it fascinating. But for me, it's just it's just kind of like every other part of me. Like I have hands and fingers and toes and amazing tall hair some days. Um but being gay is just another piece of all of that. And I I mean, whenever someone says the word, I feel like I've really built a thick skin over time where I'm no longer as negatively impacted. But I see. But when I was younger, it would totally crush me. Like when I was dating Paul or Robbie or whatever I gave them as their names. Um, <laughs> uh, whatever said some, whenever someone said a word like that, especially around them, I was like, oh, that's not cool for them. Um, it hurtled them back into the closet because they just didn't want to deal or didn't feel like they had to deal or didn't feel like they could handle that kind of negativity wrapped up into their relationship. Right. So I'm a gay man and I am in a really long-term relationship with a man. When someone says that's so gay, not only are they saying like trying to paint something else as bad, they're painting me and my relationship and my identity and my part, all of those parts of my life kind of get this negative haze built around them because of that word. Um, So that's why I think, Yeah. So I think, well, let's talk a little bit more about how hearing that can impact people. So if somebody is gay and they are maybe just coming out or trying to come out or trying to feel more comfortable expressing that identity in the world, then hearing things like this is very troubling for them and can really set them back and can really make them more afraid and make them not want to fully express themselves. And so I think if we start to think about some of the ramifications that our words can have, and if we just really think about some of these scenarios and think about what we might actually be doing when we say a phrase like that, I think that can start to help us shift and think about why we might want to change our language and why we might want to choose other words instead. Right. I mean, and if you're talking about some of the outcomes, we know that LGBT people are much more likely to be the victims of uh, violence and crimes and hate crimes, um, but they're also more likely to uh, attempt suicide, not because they're mentally unhealthy, but because the world around them doesn't support them or prop them up. It tears them down. And every time uh, you hear one of those words, it does tear you down a little bit. People are comparing something awful to your identity, or they're trying to insult someone with your identity because your identity is so bad that it's an insult for somebody else. So what do we do when we hear somebody say that's so gay or anything related? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for me, it's been this long life, uh, long process. Um, I used to go up and thank people like, thank you. It is. That's excellent. It's great. Thank you for telling people how great that thing is, because I was trying to, you know, I don't publicly shame them, um, which I I no longer do. I've moved beyond it. Um, Now, whenever it happens, as long as I'm safe in a situation, I I explain that, you know, that's really not appropriate 
uh, appropriate way to talk to and about people. If you want to insult something, there are much better words that you can use than someone else's identity. You know, it's really funny to try to teach. We don't want to teach people how to insult, I don't think. But um, I remember when I was little, my grandmother told my sister and I, um, we were calling each other stupid. And um, she told us that, you know, we should use much bigger, smarter words to call each other stupid because we sounded stupid. And she was like trying to teach us how to insult each other better. Um, but I, and I, I think... episode. we can talk about throwing shade. <laughs> um, but I mean, more than that, what we really want to say is to say what you mean and to use words that are actually expressing what you're trying to say. And if you think that somebody is not acting intelligently or that they um, did something that you don't agree with, then you can tell them that. And actually expressing those things and saying what you mean is much more effective than throwing some term at them and also um, could maybe get you a little further along in whatever you're trying to accomplish there. And uh, I mean, oh, we're back to our one and only tip on every show, communicate. <laughs> uh, that does seem to be the answer for most of the world's uh, issues about sex and sexuality and sexual orientations. Um, so there's also, I, I mean, I think another thing that has happened over time is this reclamation of terms. And that just means that over time, people take a term that means something negative and eventually it turns into something positive. Um, and I think that we're at a stage where there's a lot of words that used to be used or that are still used to, to insult other people based on sexual orientation. Um, so all of the, the terms like gay or sissy or faggot, um, all of those terms, they're slowly being recovered. I think they're starting to lose their edge as well because um, people are reclaiming them and turn, turning them back into positive words. And that's another way that we can look at it. And that's very much how I act now. Whenever I hear any of those words, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that that's just a fine word. Just like we talked about slut shaming in the word slut earlier uh, in a previous episode. Like for me, when someone says that, I'm like, awesome. There's someone who knows what they want and they they get it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So in my head, um, that's how I'm constantly spinning it. And then in people, and when I hear it around, if I'm not in a place where I can directly address the person who's saying it to the people around me, they're like, oh, well, look how great it is that he's affirming my identity. Um, so I think part of it is working on reclamation, taking those dirty words back and turning them into better positive words that you can use. And I think that something that you just said is um, you said that you say that to the people around you. And I think that's another way to address the terminology and these things that you're hearing. If you don't feel safe saying it to the person that said that, if you don't feel safe enough to address them or to confront them um, on their usage of a term, then yeah, talk to the other people around you that heard it. Because um, first of all, you could actually have a shift away someone else's thinking or hearing something, but you could also make someone feel more comfortable that felt very uncomfortable in that situation. You could be supporting somebody even without knowing it by addressing that within that context. So I think um, even if you can't 
go up to that person and say, hey, you shouldn't have said that. Um, and here's why. And here's something else you could have said. You can say it to the people immediately around you, your friends or whoever, even strangers that are right around you that you might feel a little safer talking to. Yep. Um, and it's also a lot easier sometimes in social media to uh, talk about it as well. Because, I mean, if you look at social media, those words come out very frequently. They come out all the time. <laughs> come out, get it? Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, sometimes in social media, uh, it's easier to have that kind of conversation, too, because it doesn't necessarily put you directly in the line of fire. So. Oh, that's funny. I think it's much more terrifying on social media because then I... I dread the crazy responses. Oh, I love the crazy. See, Spring and I are at different places in our reclamation of the word gay. So those crazy responses will like cut me to the like to the deepest. Like I can't read them. I just oh. I get so upset. It just shows me uh, that there's still work that we need to do and we need to keep talking about it. We need to keep informing our friends and we have to keep building up our army of sex positive sex rap bots is that a thing that does not sound good you are not sex robots sorry everybody i like i like team sex rap (laughs) welcome to team sex rap where you are not a sex robot unless you want to be because we are totally inclusive of sex robots okay all right so um this episode was really gay thank you for having it with me today spring i love the gayness of our gay episode. I love our gay episode. So that was so gay. And it it was great. See, we're reclaiming that so gay right here before we get to our period. And what's our period today? Oh, I have the best dad joke of all time for our gay episode today. I'm not even smiling. Go ahead. I know you're not smiling and you're not going to smile when I say it either. (laughs) Because I know you. Okay. (laughs) What did the... (laughs) She can't even read it. It's so bad, everybody. <laughs> um, what did the dad say to his son when his son said, Hi, Dad, I'm gay? The dad said, Hi, gay, I'm Dad. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh. <laughs> this is the ultimate dad joke. Oh. All right, everybody. Thank you for putting up with the dad joke of the day. Oh, no, okay. So um, if you or there's someone around you you think that might need some help, there's this great project. It's called the It Gets Better Project. We'll put a link to it in uh, in the uh, text at the end or the text. What do we even call that? Our show notes. Our show notes. Our show notes will include text. <laughs> it Gets Better Project where you can see all kinds of people talking about how life does get better over time. We'll also put some links if you think that someone might be at risk for harming themselves. Um if you have any other we also questions. have some links about um, to how to think before you speak and about how some of these terms are used and how we can think a little bit more about them. And, and we're also including um, research links on all of our shows um, to some of the things that we reference in our podcast, but don't go into full depth about. So if you want to read more about some of the research behind some of the things we talk about, we're including those on all of our shows, even the past shows so you can go through and check those out in our show notes also all right um so if you have any questions uh we would love to talk to you talk with you about your questions you can uh email them to us we're the sex at gmail.com uh we also have instagram facebook and twitter at the sex wrap you can call us and leave a message or 413 um i wrap it i wrap it uh so 
Uh, thanks for every th thanks everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too afraid. Music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.